Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. I'm your host. We're a podcast for startups, accelerators, entrepreneurs, founders, and also for VCs, angels, family offices, and investment firms. It's great to be here, and I want to uh, uh, invite you to subscribe, if you can, to uh, the podcast on any of the major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, and about six others. Plus, we're on YouTube, so you can subscribe over there. Make sure to rate us, rank us, um, give us a good ranking if you think we deserve it, and uh, subscribe. That's really super important. So uh, today, I am uh, ecstatic to be welcoming to the show Marina Sal of uh, Diagnio. Welcome, Marina. Hi, Michael. Uh, Thanks for having me here. Yeah, great, great, uh, great to have you live from Armenia. Uh, you might say. And um, Marina has some, I feel like this is uh, what we call breaking news. Uh, Marina has some breaking news about her brand new startup. Uh, So why don't you tell us and tell us how excited you are? What happened today? Yeah, I'm uh, really excited uh, this day because uh, just half an hour ago, um, as a, you know, as a founder of early stage startup, that's so important. And I received a message that I have been accepted to uh, the Alchemist Accelerator. And that's, you know, one of the top accelerators in the in the world. So obviously, I'm super happy and uh, thrilled and excited uh, of the journey ahead. And what will what will that mean to your company? In other words, I'm assuming it's going to be... Um largely virtual but it, where where is the alchemist based yeah it, it will be virtual for sure uh the the alchemist i mean i would say it's spread but it's uh, mainly based in the us of course and that's uh, important for me because uh, us is one of the key markets where i would like to target uh, my product to and uh yeah i mean despite being virtual it's just uh you know it's a sign of uh the fact that what i'm trying to do is actually important to people out there. And there is something in uh, the product that I'm trying to make. So I'm super happy that that was heard. And uh, I'm sure that there are many changes and uh, developments ahead, but this is a good, very tiny first step. This is a good day. Um, So what do you expect? You'll get some mentorship. You'll get some expertise. I assume you'll get some invitations to investors, but what else are you hoping uh, to, to, to come out of this? Yeah, I mean, um, of course, uh, there's going to be a great networking for sure, which is very helpful for uh, for early stage companies, for ventures, for possible uh, angel investors and for uh, advisors, which are very much needed uh, in the companies. And also there can be some, um, you know, advices on uh, like technological points and scientific points, which are important for me as a, for a person who's starting a healthcare company. So that's that's also very valuable. Yes, and without further ado, we have to talk about your company. So Diagnio, um, you have now, I'm going to put it in my words, and you can put it in your words, okay? You have developed a um, an app that includes a, um, uh, I would call it an add-on device to an iPhone that um, the MVP, the minimum viable product, allows women to check their ovulation cycles. Um, the full-blown product... Uh, will allow women also to check uh, the levels of five different hormones. So that's how I would describe it. How would you describe it? Very nicely put, Michael. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't do that better. But yeah, generally, uh, the, the idea that we put behind is uh, we'll help women 
to uh, take control of their reproductive health uh, by developing, as you said, at home testing solution and the mobile application to track uh, fertility and uh, hormonal balance in a fast and cost-effective way. So yeah, the MVP is just one hormone and just ovulation, but the full product uh, is going to presume five hormones at multiplexing uh, test and uh, instant results for, uh, you know, for continuous monitoring. And five, um, so let's talk about the, uh, what people in the startup business like to call the pain point. So right now, um, and you're going to have to help me, I obviously know nothing about this. How would a woman now know when she's ovulating? Well, um, there are there are different ways of knowing that, uh, I would say. Of course, there are like um, very simple uh, paper-based uh, strips that she can buy off the shelf uh, based on urine, and uh, they can predict or show ovulation. That's one point. Uh, another point, uh, she can do the test at the laboratory to see if her level of uh, hormones, uh, of certain hormones, uh, is elevated. And that's another case. And uh, I mean, generally, if you're just living your life, that may be not that important uh, subject to measure. But if you're trying to get pregnant, that may become critical. Or if you're undergoing the fertility treatment uh, or preparing for IVF, that could be critical as well. And so, that is important in many days of the cycle, not just one point. So different hormones are there in question. You, you know what mansplaining is, right? You know that phrase? That's when men- No, tell me. <laughs> you don't want to know. But mansplaining <laughs> is when, when men get into trouble, uh, kind of basically talking over women or trying to like take the dialogue away from, somebody could explain this a lot better than me, but I don't want to mansplain this, but um, if um, if uh, uh, there's a certain point in, in a woman's monthly cycle where she's ovulating and therefore, let's not lose the point here, is fertile, right? And is most likely to get yeah. pregnant, right? I didn't screw that up, I hope. Um, now, why would a woman want to know about hormone levels? And tell us what are the five hormone levels that you'll be you'll be test you'll be producing but why why are they important um yeah it's it's a very good question because uh, you know there's been a like a general understanding that only uh the luteinizing hormone is important so like if you're ovulating or not because it's what what it shows but in fact in order to get pregnant uh a woman may have problem with the later in a stage. So maybe her progesterone is low. And so, I mean, the point does not develop further or she has a uh, very high cortisol due to the stress at work and, you know, uh, some other stressing points in her life. And that would also prevent her uh, from being pregnant even if she's ovulating. So that is why uh, not one hormone, but several are important to be, to be tracked. And actually, if there is a way to do it in a non-invasive manner, and easy manner, so like at home, that helps because she doesn't need to, you know, spend days waiting in lines for the laboratories or for next doctor appointments and do it when she can and when she basically wanted it to be in control. Now, um, what is the competition in this area right now? Um, I'd say it's a very, uh, it's, it's nice to be in a very booming area generally. Uh, Women health is kind of uh, 
a trendy topic and uh, I see many companies uh, innovating in the space. So first of all, that's good. And uh, in terms of the competition, um, I would say right now there are some services that offer home collections or home collection uh, of the um, tests. Yeah. And uh, they would be the main ones to compete uh, together with the traditional labs, of course. And also there are some uh, very new startups who are either launching or going to be launching that provide their view in uh, in this area. But we maybe we're not hoping to be the first, but definitely you want to be the best. And and what what makes you confident or what makes you think you, you could be the best in this application? Well, it's, uh, you know, I've been uh, working on a, a medical devices for quite some time already. So first it's the, it's the experience, uh, that I had, uh, with also with my partners, uh, with whom we'll, we have been able to launch several products. Um, second is the personal passion to it that I have. I mean, that, that may sound obvious kind of, but for me, it is indeed a very personal subject, uh, because I come from a gynecologist family and, uh, my mother used to help giving birth for like thousands of kids. Uh, well, she couldn't help herself. And actually, thanks to uh, assisted reproductive technologies, I was born uh, many years ago at the, when it was still a novelty. But so to say, for me, it is a, you know, kind of a payback journey that I'm doing. And I really want to make this happen and uh, solve that problem. It wasn't that many years ago, Marina. You're not that old. <laughs> Yeah, I'm young. <laughs> You're young. You're young. So, um, so, so your mother was a gynecologist in Russia. She, um, and you were conceived by artificial insemination because your mother, though she was an expert and a gynecologist, was having difficulty conceiving. And That's so true. you have the direct, you know, you have what we would call skin in the game. You wouldn't be here if it were for essentially the intervention of um, technology around childbirth, right? You wouldn't be here. Yeah, that, that's why I, I'm in this world. <laughs> that's why you're in this Thanks world. Thanks to that technology. So, so in terms of your background, um, what kind of degree do you have or where, where, do you, where does your expertise come from? Um, I have um, uh, the, my, my education in marketing and IT. I have two majors. And uh, I've been working for many years uh, for and with healthcare companies, but always on the business side. Uh, I never wanted to be a doctor, but I wanted to just drive this business forward. And uh, I mean, I've been doing the innovations mainly, uh, like digital innovations for the healthcare and um, have experience both in corporate and the entrepreneurial world. And uh, the, the latter I do love the most. So that's why I'm here. Do you have a chief um, technical officer you're working with? I have a chief medical officer, indeed, uh, who, who supports me, of course, on all the like, methodology development and uh, like biochemistry, electrochemistry. And uh, yeah, I do have a, a technical developer, a software developing guy. But I would say that's, in our case, that's less important than having a strong medical partner. Sure, sure. Now, in in your MVP, which you've 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 gotten out into the market, um, what kind of traction have you gotten, and what kind of response from women have you gotten? People who have used the product. 
Yeah, that was a that was a great journey launching that MVP. Um, we launched it uh, late 2021 in a in a local market, true, um, and we were able to um, sell about 400 units in uh, three months. So that was uh, quite an achievement. Um, after that, well, unfortunately, we had to do a hard stop, and I needed to uh, relocate my business to Armenia due to political reasons. And uh, right now. Uh, of course, we're looking to like kickstart the relaunching of it, uh, most likely in the Middle Eastern markets. So it's uh, like Dubai and uh, generally uh, United Arab Emirates, what I'm looking for uh, as a relaunch um, while we're developing the, the full prototype. But yeah, that's that's been a great journey and we had some very nice customer feedback uh, on the usage. Uh, however, we also did have a feedback that ovulation is not enough. And that's why, you know, the whole development of the full product took place. And do you happen to have the product close by the uh, the MVP? No, I don't have it with me right okay, now. Okay, because um, uh, it's a, basically... I showed it to phone. you last time, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, sorry, I'm not able well, to show it's, uh, it's an add-on. It adds on to the camera. And uh, in and obviously you're going to develop uh, the real the real product um, now, but um, what um, um, it would see? Let me. Do you have any sense of how many women worldwide have trouble conceiving? Well, it's a it's a very good question because actually uh, that just uh, shows that this problem has been uh, quite so much overlooked. Because um, um, as the as the data shows, every one out of two women does have problems conceiving, even if she's trying like for six months. It may not be necessarily uh, caused by any pathology, though some do have pathologies. But still, it's kind of a long journey. And if we can make it faster, that's already good. If we can make it cheaper with a non-invasive and uh, cost-effective testing, that's so much better. Yeah. And what, where are you in the, um, you know, in the fundraising process? Where, where are you in terms of um, seed round, pre-seed, et cetera? Yeah, we're, we're in our pre-seed right now. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. we do have uh, this MVP and we're uh, looking forward to uh, like using the funds to have the launch in uh, UAE, as I was mentioning before. So that's kind of the first part of the funds that we want to, that we want to raise. And the second part would be for the developing of the full prototype. And yeah, we're raising uh, up to one million uh, US dollars right now. Uh, have some interest already from the angel groups and uh, so like accelerators. I'm now part of the another um, Southern California health dedicated accelerator expert dojo. So happy to be there as well. And uh, hopefully oh, this will. Uh, also you're an help expert us. dojo. You're an expert dojo. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Starting this yeah. week. That's another great news. <laughs> oh, okay. So those were the two. So I actually um, just did a uh, my workshop, startup uh, Storytelling for Startups at Expert Dojo. Uh, less oh, right. Ago. Yeah. Great. So hope to see you there as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah with, uh, I did it with Brian McMahon, who, like me, uh, is, uh, you know, I'm an, I'm an Irish-American. He's a real Irishman. But uh, I'm 91% Irish underneath this American um, exterior um, uh, or this Irish exterior, <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, so and I have a lot of respect for him, um, actually, because he is growth, growth, growth. Absolutely. And, uh, 
And if he hadn't, uh, if you weren't already there, I would probably recommend you to him for that reason, because he's not interested in, you know, small wins. He wants really big, big, big wins. And, um, and also he has an enthusiasm that I think is pretty contagious um, and a confidence and, and a word. And also I would even call it a swagger. Do you know what swagger is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got swagger. So here's the thing I want to ask you, and these are kind of maybe a little more difficult questions. So you, you, for business reasons, for political reasons, you had to leave your homeland of Russia. Um, you're in Armenia. Do you think you're going to be able to go back at any point? Um, that That's a difficult question. I would say that I would want to be back at some point of time. Um, maybe not for living, but for uh, definitely for just being able to, you know, visit, come back and and traveling. And, you know, I mean, I, I do travel. Yeah. So it's uh, I need to go back and forth because I have, uh, you know, my parents and, uh, you know, some errands there. But um, it's just the point that I also have the ambition of developing a global business. I mean, a global meaningful business, which would mean for me that eventually I would relocate out of Armenia as well, uh, probably somewhere else where I, you know, would, would belong in order to manage the business that I'm building. Sure. So, so, so what is it like uh, starting a business in Armenia? I, I, um, I've been told the food is really good. Other than that, I really know nothing about Armenia. So what is it? What, what part of Armenia are you in? Uh, it's Yerevan, of course. And uh, I would say you need to try also their cocktails. They're just, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I didn't realize they have such a good uh, like bar culture. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And, and how big a city is that that you're in? How big is that? Um, it, Oh, comparing to Moscow, it's not a big one. It's not more than 1 million, I believe. So it's, okay. uh, I mean, like a normal city, not a, not a megapolis, yeah. but uh, very friendly in terms of culture and uh, in terms of uh, network and uh, like easiness to be there. So it's a good place. I like it. it. Do, you, do you think that the reason I'm asking this is in part because I know a, um, a number of Russian entrepreneurs. And when I first got started in the startup space, uh, it was before the war in Ukraine. Um, and so, you know, I was seeing lots of really interesting stuff from Russia, lots of really good entrepreneurs. There were at least two in particular, I thought were really promising. Um, they were getting traction. They were winning, one of them won a pitch contest. Um, and then, you know, it kind of ground to a halt. It kind of ground to a halt because I, I personally, you know, not that my vote matters that much, but it just felt very awkward. Like I don't blame, and and we should not blame the Russian people for what's happened, but but nonetheless, it just it just created a layer of ambig ambiguity that made it really hard to know what to do next um, mm -hmm. in terms of working with Russian entrepreneurs. And in fact, I was on LinkedIn today, and I I, you know, I connect pretty aggressively, and I connected. I saw some Russian uh, venture funds and I, I did what I did for everybody else. I connected, you know, with whoever I could connect with. Um, but I felt a little weird about it. I felt like, uh, honestly, what I felt was like, I'm going to have to come back to this later. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do anything with these connections. Now I'm going to have to come back. So 
as you sit there with a lot of excitement in your voice because of Expert Dojo and the Alchemist Accelerators, you're on the verge of something here, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, where do you go? Can you stay in Armenia kind of indefinitely? Or where where will you go to another country? Um, and how do you make that decision? Because I think it's a decision that a lot of people in your shoes are facing as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very true. I mean, um, first of all, I'd say that I've, um, I've been lucky enough because um, through my previous life and uh, I mean life before, I, um, uh, I have been able to live in different countries. I mean, I lived in France for like a year and a half. I lived in Poland for almost two years. I lived in the US for one year. So uh, it's not yeah. like... You know, yeah, it, it's not like an unknown, uh, you know, thing for me to to be moving somewhere and uh, living in a different culture. So, I mean, for me personally, it's not that difficult per se. But of course, the all current situation is, uh, I mean, it, it's hard. And I, I mean, honestly, I feel very bad about talking about this and be, just because it's it hurts so much. I mean, I'm half Ukrainian myself, so. It does hurt, and uh, I mean, I'm just grateful for the people with whom I'm in touch right now, that they understand the difference between like being an entrepreneur and just a person, and you know, being a representative of, of a certain country. And I'm sure that's, I mean, that's kind of the the feeling that people had probably um, like from from some Middle Eastern countries or from Iran or from Germany after. Second World War. So it's just the heritage that we have. And I mean, we have to face it. And is Armenia um, a good place for startups? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, quite um, recently, there's been uh, quite many developments and there is a vibrant culture of the startups right now, because first of all, there are also some new companies appeared uh, in the recent months. And secondly, the country itself, it looks like they support pretty much. I mean, I know uh, myself the uh, like the head of the innovations for the whole country. Uh, it's like a minister uh, of innovations, and uh, they're very open. So uh, I know you that they're. Know the, you actually know the minister of innovations. I mean, it's it's like the head of yeah innovations department uh, at the ministry, something like that. Yeah, right. because it's a it's a very small world. Yeah, it's a small smaller country. So. So let me ask you this. This is um, a more fun question. So you could take this company anywhere. There's going to be some temptation, of course, to um, go to the United States, needless to say, right? Because there's always that temptation. But how do you, what is the criteria for you to make the decision about where you go ne next should you leave Armenia? Um, I'd say that would be a, a business decision, most likely. So, uh, I mean, you can start off and launch the product these days from anywhere. So then we'll see. I do have the focus uh, as far as the markets for the US and the UK, um, at least as the like first English speaking markets that I want to launch my product in. Uh, I mean, apart from the Emirates. And uh, then once it works, and I'm sure it will work. So then I would take the decision to move. And uh, yeah, I would be planning US probably uh, because of the business reasons. So that's 
most likely the, the, the decision to be made. But then we'll see. I mean, uh, these days you you I mean you just don't plan for such kind of uh, things uh, much beforehand because you never know uh, what COVID is going to bring, what's like other political things are going to bring. So. Well, I don't. I don't think you have to worry about COVID in the United States because I just had my fifth shot. Five. <laughs> I had five COVID shots. So if I get COVID, it'll be a wow. complete. Wow. I had three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, must, I mean, most people haven't had five. But um, so so and and you know, if you do have to, you know, move to another country, I would put it under the category of you know problems you would like to have because it'll be a sign that you're doing well and you're, you're making progress. Exactly. Um, That's a nice problem to have. <laughs> nice problem to have. I did want to ask about the UAE. Um, I do hear about a lot of startups, a lot of founders saying, well, our next move is going to be the UAE. Um, and I wonder why, what is it about the, obviously the UAE from my perspective has a better reputation than, you know, Saudi Arabia or some of the other, um, Middle Eastern countries, but what is it about the UAE that makes it that makes it part of your consideration? Well, um, I'd say that's first of all, it's the um, it's the investing climate and kind of the the yes, business network there. that they're building in there. There's money there, of course, right? There's money there, and also there is a market there that they're gradually building because they do want to attract to the country a lot of expats and a lot of like English speaking people from different countries. And that constitutes the good available market. Yeah. Because these people are in the need of uh, innovative products, obviously. So that's the second big point. Yeah. Keep yeah. Going. And uh, then the third big point is that it's kind of a gateway to the rest of uh, um to the rest of Middle Eastern countries and also Asian countries. Um, so it's a good base, you know, to uh, to expand further to, to the region. And then finally, uh, a small but important point for me is for the medical startup. They do accept the regulations uh, like FDA or, or CE marking. So that, that's important that you don't have to spend, you know, extra for uh, local regulatory services. And that's a good good. Uh, question to ask before I let you go, which is what kind of approvals do you need to, to bring this to market? Uh, specifically in the U.S. is my interest, but will you need FDA approval? Yeah, it's a, it's a perfect question for the, uh, for, for the healthcare startup. So the, the device, which is the MVP, it already has the FDA class one clearance. So that's a kind of an easy road off the shelf. Uh, the target device would uh, would need to be cleared like a 510k regulation. And of course, we have a plan to receiving that. And then after it's done, then we can enter the U.S. market. Then, then you're off to the races, as we say, right? Right. Well, uh, Marina, you've been a good sport. Some of these questions are very um, difficult, and um, I appreciate your answering them. With a smile on your face, which is uh, which is appreciated. I'm I'm really really excited for you um, that you've been in, accepted into two great accelerators, the Alchemist and and uh, our friends at Expert Dojo. And I probably will be seeing you there, if not sooner, um, as uh, as as we think about storytelling and moving forward. But but I want to wish you. Um, all the luck in the world. And uh, thank you so much for being with us today on the Accelerator.
Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I also hope to be able to have many more conversations with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for listening to The Accelerator. Uh, get us on all the major platforms, The Accelerator with Michael Conniff, also on YouTube. Rate us, subscribe to us, and most importantly, listen and come back and tell us what you think. Um, so that's it for today. But uh, as I'd like to say, we'll be back before you know it. <laughs>